Hello and welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast. I am your host, Ryan Doz, And on today's episode, we're going to do what we normally do on every episode of Across the Bifrost. We explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. And this week is Love and Thunder Week. We have mere days before the newest Thor movie from the MCU hits theaters. Love and Thunder is coming out this week. If you're listening to this on the week that it's uh, coming out, I just need you to know we've got so much good stuff planned for you this week. We want you to be ready for the movie. We want you to have a great time. We want you to get the most out of this next movie because it is going to be so much fun. There's going to be lots of action. There's going to be lots of drama. There's going to be lots of cameos, we hope. But all that being said, we are also excited for what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today because it's it somewhat relates to the movie. But uh, our guest today is one of my favorite Marvel writers going today. Her name is Thorne Grunbeck, and she is the writer for Jane Foster these days. You probably remember, you know, because we've been doing the Jason Aaron retrospective all year. You've, you've been on the road with us. You've been on the on the Bifrost going through all the different parts of Jason Aaron's story that we've covered so far. You know that Jane Foster is a huge part of Jason Aaron's take on Thor. And after Jason Aaron was kind of done working on the Thor books, who got handed the mantle uh, of the Jane Foster writer? It was our guest today, Thorne Grunbeck. She has written so many different Jane stories. She's writing one right now called Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor that's coming out with Marvel Comics. I believe the first issue came out just a few weeks ago. You should go check that out. We definitely do talk about that comic in our chat. But really, Thorne was just so awesome to talk to. She has become one of my favorite people uh, to just watch create things through her social media presence and through the books that she gets to write. Uh, she's just one of my favorite people. She's so uh, awesome and honest and just a creative kind of renaissance woman. So our chat is going to be fantastic. So let's not delay any further. We'll deal with everything else we've got to talk about and remind you of at the end of the podcast. But for now, enjoy this conversation with Thorne Grunbeck on Love and Thunder Week. Well, everybody, this is a big week for the podcast. We've, of course, got a, a big movie coming out this week that we've been looking forward to for months. But talk about something I've been looking forward to for I feel like ever since I picked up a, a Jane Foster comic in the last few years, I wanted to dig into like, okay, Jason like had his time with Jane. Who is writing Jane now? And I, I, I did some digging. I, I listened to some interviews. I, I, read, I read the comics. And today's guest is the one responsible for creating like the, the latest iteration of Jane. And I want to welcome uh, Thorin Grunbeck to the show to talk about, uh, her career, her comics, and uh, just uh, her creativity. So, Thorne, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be here. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you were able to check out the uh, interview we had with uh, your good friend Jason Aaron, but I had right. told him I was like, if you could put in a good word for me, that would be awesome because she's like one of my dream guests. And he's like, oh, I I, I think I can do that. So uh, you like 
there's been a, a list of creators that I've wanted to talk to for a long time. And you were definitely on that list. And I'm so happy that we're able to have this conversation today. So again, thank you for being here today. Uh, I wanted to just start off the conversation, how we start off most conversations with people here on the podcast. Where in the 10 realms do you call home? Well, I'm, I'm born and, and I live in Norway. So that's where I am right now. I usually travel between uh, Norway and Sweden, where I have a, a, another place where I go to write a lot when I get sick of people, which is almost always. <laughs> You'd prefer to be a lone wolf literally out in the woods? Well, I mean, it is, uh, yeah, kind of, especially if I'm, I'm like now when I'm just writing all the time uh, and I, I, I find myself and I'm talking to people kind of spacing out because I'm, I'm so focused on the work. And it seems uh, appropriate to just fuck off into the forest and stay there. Uh, and, and it is a sort of, you, it changes the, um, your problems somehow. Like you wake up yeah. in the morning and your problem now is to find firewood. That's your problem. It's not Twitter. It's never Twitter. It's always firewood or a, a mouse or what the fuck is that sound? That sound that's been there. Is that a, an axe murderer or a moose or, you know, so, it's usually something tiny but noisy. So I, 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 I... I have been very, very curious about your kind of writing retreat paradise for a long time, because like so much of your Instagram feed, I feel like is that is that place. And you like you've done like uh, just like random things like it's just like a picture of a wall and then like kind of what you're up to that day or what your cat is up to uh, or like I love uh, your, your night vision videos. I, I find those it's like literally it's like a fox out there or something like that. Um, I put up a, a, like a trail cam that that's directed at the cabin because yeah. we have a lot of moose and especially like a few years ago it was a very dry summer so all the moose came down to the water that the cabin is right next to uh, a lake um, and we had like every time we, we walked up to the um, uh, like out of the, the cabin there would be a moose just staring us in the face uh which is slightly terrifying because they're not scared of people yeah um, and sometimes they're just really curious but they're also dangerous if you get too close but but it was just so much fun to see them so i, I put up a, a trail cam and now i get i see all the, like my favorite things are the the lynxes because they're so rare oh um, yeah one hanging around the cabin um so it, it is as I said, there are different kind of problems and different kind of uh, things to care about for a little while. And More like survival problems. <laughs> well, I mean, to a certain extent, let's face it, I'm not at any point in danger of anything. Uh, <laughs> and I, I realized I had, this is a long story, I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but for reasons, for quite strange reasons, I found myself stuck on a mountain last week. Okay, and I mean, okay. I mean, like stuck on a fucking mountain, like in a car with no electricity, it's an electric car, uh, no battery on the phones. Oh my goodness. Mountains where we're like, oh, we can, we can see, we can hope that there's a, someone coming by, but it could be days. Um, and I realized like my survival skills are not, they're not great. Like I, I do, uh, I do appreciate having 
uh, firewood, dry firewood and, and, uh, and electricity. I, I like that. So, <laughs> yeah, much preferred. <laughs> much preferred. So, I mean, it looks like survival heaven, but I do have electricity and I do have the internet and I, I'm, I'm fine. It just looks really nice. How did you get off the mountain then? Oh, Jesus Christ. We... <sighs> I, like I have to know because this is like when the when the made for made for a movie like script of this adventure happens. I, I want to know the ending before everyone else does. No, so, I mean, it would it was it it included like at some point we got a hold of like the rescue car who's they need to drive up the mountain and they found us. But at that point, because this is June in Norway, um, which means it's fucking freezing. Okay. Uh, it was raining and it was cold and I was dressed like a fucking idiot. And I had one of those, <laughs> I know better. I know better than to, to like, I, I know that I'm never supposed to go somewhere without having the proper clothing in case something goes wrong. Right. Um, but it took us like 10 hours to get close to civilization. And it was. Wow. The, um, my pride was hurt. And I got a. <laughs> an extreme cold uh and i spent the weekend not in copenhagen as i was supposed to do but just at home shivering and cursing the universe <laughs> shivering and cursing that that like sounds like a great like autobiography title like shivering and cursing the thorn group or not great admittedly like that's the <laughs> running up how did you get this cabin, this writing retreat uh, place? Like, what's the story of, of, of that? I know listeners are like, when are we going to talk about Jane? I'm like, after I talk about this cabin, because I've wanted to ask you about this for a long time. Well, uh, I was, uh, as, as with everything, I was really hungover. I was okay. extremely hungover. And, and I was, I was kind of just, I don't know how it started, but I was kind of looking at like, oh, I just want to fuck off into the forest. And I found this place uh, and it's in the middle of like a working forest. It's Finnskogen, which is it's a huge forest that goes through Norway and Sweden and up to Finland. Um, okay. and it's, a, it's a magical place. There's a lot of myths and, and, and magic in the forest. Um, and there was this cabin that was half finished for sale um and i hadn't looked at any other things i just went oh, i i want this one i hadn't even thought about buying a cabin but then i found this place went there got it uh, and then it occurred to me maybe possibly a little too late that when you buy a place like that like your neighbors your forest neighbors they're all fucking crazy <laughs> because why the hell <laughs> What else would you want to live? Why would you move out to the woods? <laughs> in the woods, yeah. And, and sometimes when I'm there alone, because the thing is, like, we'll, we'll drive up. My husband will drop me off at the cabin with a bunch of food and then drive off with the car. So I'm there alone in the forest. I have no way to get to civilization. Wow. It's just me there. Um, and I, I spend most of the night working so I sleep all all day and at some point I'll be like oh, firewood firewood so I'll be the crazy woman <laughs> like I am one of the weirdos too like I'm, I'm in there just trying to figure out how can Frank Castle kill people in a more creative way how can't have him just smack someone in the face again we need to be naked creative <laughs> 
if yeah. someone had come along and like they see like your your notes and they're like what what oh, what God. crazy writer lives here <laughs> like oh, what does she have planned for us <laughs> i know no one should ever see and like mm, that, that is the most important thing that anyone could do after i die is just to just burn it all because if you take it out of context it's just awful okay. like i had like i had a, a note and I was doing like a presentation here and, and my, my notes were up and the, the title of one of my notes were my cunt is at your disposal, which makes sense to me. I know, the, you. I know the thing, but it just sounds awful. <laughs> not, not, not the line that you want people to take drastically out of context. Or... It makes sense to me. I, it, it's like, it's like shorthand. It's <laughs> like perfect sense because it came from your brain and then i'll i'll reread it like nine years later and be like what the f oh right yeah. <laughs> there, so when you go you go up to the cabin you're 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 writing away and you're you're kind of like isolating yourself off there so you can like really really focus in um and i i really wanted to like dig into like your creative process but before we get to that i i've got to know i got to share with listeners like your people say that i really love thor because i started this show i don't think i have anything on you though because i find just your name and its significance very uh enjoyable like can you explain to listeners like what your name actually means and the significance of it Oh, well, sure. My, my name is Thorun. That was how we would say it in, in Norwegian, uh, which is Thor and Un. Uh, Thor is obviously Thor, and Un means to love or to... to well, the, the name means the one loved by Thor, um, or the one who loves Thor, or the one who loves thunder, because Thor can also means thunder. Um, and quite obviously my father's name is Tore, which is Thor. Uh, so I, I assume that's why they chose the name because they <laughs> love me, which is very nice. Yes. Uh, but my mother is also, she's extremely into Norse mythology and all my, my siblings have Norse names. And um, that was kind of, if not the religion, then certainly the, the fairy tales that we were taught when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so, so it's, it's always been kind of part of my, my childhood. We were those weirdos, again, weirdos who went to, we would do like Viking reenactments, <laughs> go to camps. And so there's a bunch of pictures of me like dressed as a Viking, just sitting around making, like making Viking bread on the fire for people who come to visit. So shit like of course. That. What are your siblings' names? I'm curious now which names they chose for from uh, from mythology oh I, I don't think you'll find them like these are old norse names if you have Einar, okay uh, which, is, uh, which is great hilde which is you know brunhilde hilde yeah yeah uh, live or osna okay uh, and if you maybe you'll be able to recognize them if if i spell them out for you um but they're all beautiful kind of old norse names and obviously none of us can ever have a conversation with anyone in in English, because no one understands our names. <laughs> the thing is, the great thing about my name in when you talk to comics people is that they, they know Thor. Uh, but I, I've told this story before. It's, it's one of the funniest things to me 
about America. I, I went on one of your Amtrak trains. Okay. Um, uh, I went from LA to Kansas. So we, I had like a couple of days and a few meals alone. So they just place you with random people. You have to eat with them. Yeah. And, and whenever people don't understand my name, I do the thing like, oh, you know the god Thor? It's Thor Un. And they're like, oh, right, right, right. So I was placed to dinner with some old guy. Um, and he I, I, he was like, oh, what, is, what is your name? Um, so I said that. I said, oh, you know the god Thor? And he just he knocked the table and he went, there's only one god. I'm like, oh, yeah. America. I love it. You were just trying to make a connection and he was like trying to make a point. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was it was it was exactly what I wanted because I do. I love America, but I, I tend to see people mostly from the coast. So I kind of wanted to talk to like the other Americans and they were all on the train. It was great fun for me. I, as as a Midwestern American, I, I can that that story tracks. Yeah, <laughs> that story tracks pretty, pretty consistently. But I, I love that, like really like you're it seems like way back when like even you know from like growing up to now like you've really been like trained for this like your whole life uh, did, did you have like an early introduction to comics or what was kind of like your origin with being like a comic book reader even before you got into writing well i, I always loved comics and one of the comics that i my my favorite comics growing up is a, a Danish comic called Valhalla, which is okay. about Norse myths. It, it's great. It's for children, but it's uh, it's really funny and got that kind of Danish. Um, it's hard to explain Danish humor if you don't know it, but it is possibly the funniest thing you'll ever read. Okay, uh, that was my favorite comic, and I, I ha read a lot of the other. I'm not sure, like Asterix and Obelix, and a lot of the French and Belgian comics. Um, and then the second I could read English with any confidence, I started reading the American things and I, I went almost like directly to the, um, to the vertical comics and to, um, I, I think I read Preacher when I was 12, really? maybe. Yeah, that was an early introduction to, uh, some Garth Ennis, I believe. Yeah um and and steve dillon so when, when people ask me my, like my my why i write comics i always say it's because of steve dillon because uh, i always wanted to write stories um but i found myself kind of missing the um, steve dillon's reaction panels you know when, okay. when you just have like one perfect expression in one silent panel um so that's why I write comics. Was like, I, I want one of those. Maybe I can yep. just write it. Over on some poor bastards who need to to draw it for me now. <laughs> that, yeah, I always found that like when you like talk to people that write stories, like man, if only I could draw. <laughs> it's like, and you, I mean, you're you're a painter, so like that's you know you're at least artistic in that way. But like, I'll write something, and I'm like, oh, that seems kind of good. If only I could draw this, uh, but I, and then I try. I'm like, I cannot. <laughs> the thing is, I cannot draw comics. I, I mean, I can really take, no, no, not even to. I, I couldn't to save my life. I would be like, I spend on my paintings. I paint in oils, uh, and I paint mostly people, uh, people and aircraft because I'm interested in aircraft. Uh, and I spend like forty hours just wanking away at one eye. Uh, it would it would never work. 
I would never work as a comic artist. I'm, You'd I'm miss not- every deadline. <laughs> oh God, no! I wouldn't. There would be no deadlines, and and uh, sometimes when we give feedback and we have like we have these beautiful fucking pages, and then we'd be like, oh, would it would be great if we could see if we could just change it a little? Like it's just, I would lose my shit. It would never work. So I, so I cannot draw my own comics. That would never happen. You'd be like, do you know how long that took? <laughs> 90 hours. I cannot change this. <laughs> never happened. So, so what, like, I'm curious, because you mentioned Danish comics there, French comics, uh, and, and obviously that's not really a scene that I am well versed in. Um, but like, what is the comic book scene like, but like as a reader and a creator in Norway? Well, for the most part, we have um, like strips. Uh, very rarely do we have people who write and then another artist coming in and 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 drawing it. Um, so what I do is kind of quite different from the rest of the scene. There are some people who work in the kind of the American style uh, way of making comics too, um, but not a lot. Um, but there are a bunch of really interesting books coming out of Norway, and um, I, I think it's an, an interesting scene, but it's quite closed. Okay. Uh, but I would say that there's there's a kind of a thing that's happening now with the, uh, people making kind of Nordic manga. Um, oh. That's kind of changing a little bit because obviously they see that this is a thing that really sells. Interesting. Um, so, so there's a lot of like the, the Nordic manga uh, people there where you have either one artist who does everything or a writer with an artist uh, that is changing a little bit how we do it, how we have done it so far. Okay. So there's a lot of interesting things coming out of Norway and I, I love them. I love the scene. It's, it's, it's quite different from the American and British scene, but it is great. I've I never would have even put like the words Nordic and manga together ever like that just seems like such a cool concept is there like is there like a book like if I wanted to go buy a an example of Nordic manga is there one you would recommend I'm just trying to, to think if there are if they're translated to English I'll, I'll check and send okay. it to find one yeah. because, um, I think it's because you have a lot of kids like my kids they read manga. They do not read my stuff or, or any American or English things. They, they just want the Japanese stuff. Um, and then you kind of see the uh, uh, generation of young artists who have grown up reading manga. Uh, yeah. And we wanted to create that as well. Um, and then you have, uh, like, they use stories from, um, from our kind of culture and history and kind of combine those things. And it, it's, it's really interesting. And it, I, I think it I think it works really well. We have some really interesting books coming awesome. out, but that's for the book market for the most part. So um, I, I assume it would be a few English versions coming up. I'll, I'll see what I can find. Band, I would love, I would love to read that. It's, it's just in, it's just, just intriguing to think about. Um, let alone, like I can't imagine, like you know, what that story would actually feel like in my hands. So, um, speaking of creativity, like you already mentioned, like you're a painter, obviously. Well, you know, your, your writing, were you always creative, like painting, drawing, I've, well, you said not drawing, of like, um, did you ever like do performance, thing, things like that growing up? Well, I was always creative, and, as in I, I always, I, I always drew something, uh, and I always wrote something, uh, I didn't perform anything, I, I don't, 
uh, it's that kind of like an audience. I'm not good with an audience. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I always did. But I, I was, and, and I have um, like a computer, like a really geeky computer background. Um, <laughs> like, like that's why I, I taught myself how to write because I got a Commodore 64 uh, before I could write. I'm like, oh, I need to figure this shit out. Um, and, and that was the driving force for me. Uh, like if you, if you look at my, my childhood years and then like early teens, it was all computers and, uh, especially what we would call the demo scene, which okay. is, um, the, the part of the computer geeks that likes to, uh, code like demos, push the hardware and, and code the visual presentations. Okay. Um, to kind of show off how good of coders they are combined with graphics uh, and sound. It's a very specific and extremely strange thing. Um, okay. Also fantastically creative and extremely fun and a lot of brilliant fucking people. So that was kind of the thing that I did a lot in my early teens. Um, and, and then you go to, we, we, do the thing like you go to computer parties where you bring your huge fucking computers because it's computer parties yeah this is 25 years ago so you would bring your whole like with uh, your crt monitor and your, your and you would sit somewhere for a weekend or during easter we would be in there's there's a like a skate hall called a viking ship that is an upside down viking ship we would have five thousand people all with our computers just for five that sounds minutes. incredible <laughs> yeah, that's what that was my childhood so like did, so you said you like always drawing always writing was there like was there a story that like you wrote way back when that like became something later like once you were doing this professionally well i i have one but it's not out yet and i'm not sure oh. if it'll be and it's it kind of died a bit during the pandemic as many other things okay um, but no i i try to well i always keep little bits of pieces um uh, but I, I don't mind leaving things behind if i don't think they're good enough or uh because there, it's always a sort of reflection on where you are as a person as opposed yeah. to obviously like you know from where you're at like we, we most of us have gone through high school that like it's you know listeners can even attest to this like the, the things you do in high school like you're get you're getting it out there but like a lot of it you're just like like you said earlier like burn it like burn it get it away i feel extremely grateful that back then whenever we put things on the internet we would do it so with a handle so we would not be my full name i'm extremely grateful yes that people can't go back unless i tell them where they can find it i, I did I, I checked there is some things that like the internet archives uh but you will never find it because you would need to know my different handles back then and i'm not telling you would need to know very specific information to go find these these untold uh thorn stories yep. uh, but i when did when did you kind of make the the shift to like i'm I know you're a writer in many different ways, but like, when did you decide you were going to focus in on comics? Well, I, I think it was uh, because I, I'm a write, I, I write a lot of different things uh, and I've published uh, almost wrong to call it writing. I, I've, I've done a lot of like nonfiction, like cookbooks and, and things like that, just 
things people we, we I made like I'm a as I said a huge computer geek so at some point I I built a company uh that did much of the things things like like Etsy does in the US but this is way back when like allow people who make things sell things online and at some point we um that, that company was bought by a huge media company and they were like maybe we can make a book with the the content from all of these cool creators uh so we did that with a publisher uh and at some point they went hey this went brilliantly could you make with more books i'm like yeah sure i'll make you books so i have like a backlog of 40 different strange kind of books that i've either written or edited or but always and designed and just here are books um and in in the process of doing that because it, it is a lot of fun but it wasn't kind of the things that i was passionate about but it's a great way to make a living so i have no complaints it's just yeah uh, and I was writing a novel at the time, and that's when I had the ah, oh, I wish I, I, I wish Steve Dillon was here to, to fix this. Uh, <laughs> and and that night I wrote my first comic script because I was just like, oh, my bag should just write comics instead. What 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 was it for? Was it was it an original? That was oh, an original. Okay. Uh, almost like I don't want to tell you. It's it's a book called Ageless. The first comic strip I ever did is published, which is a little horrifying. Uh, but um, I was going to ask you about the Ageless, but um, I because I have not read it. Um, but I was I was intrigued because I'm most familiar with your Marvel work. Then I was like, oh, I, I was like, there's this thing that I need to get my hands on. Um, but it is the first script you ever wrote actually got turned into a book that people can buy and read. Yes, which again, it is a little horrifying, but I, I don't think every time people read it, they're like, oh, it's just quite, it's quite good. Uh, but I, I only see the mistakes, and and uh, I did it with Sun Espina, who's a, he's a great artist. And but I, I would I didn't know quite how to um, to to handle the um, uh, the creative process yet. I'd never done it before, uh, so there's a lot of things that I wish I could redo with that book. Um, but uh, I, I there's something there that's interesting. I, yeah. I'm not necessarily ashamed of it. It's more the Again, I was talking to Garth about this because he he did uh, a book called Troubled Souls with John McRae. Okay. Uh, and and I hosted a panel, and then we're friends. So um, at some point, I I read the Troubled Souls and I texted him and said, "Oh, a, a panel from Troubled Souls, which is a great piece of work in its own okay. right. It's a very confident piece of work, and um, he he was always." It makes it seems seem effortless, and and it's quite annoying that you have this guy who's so good now. You kind of wish his first published work to be just a little more stumbling. It would be nice if he at least tried right. to imitate someone or something. Which is just, it's it's original, it's confident, it's great. Um, and and his response was just like, "Oh fuck, I'm so sorry. I, I'm I'm so sorry you read that. Oh Christ." And and I can, I don't like, I can relate. Uh, and I would say ageless is not as good as troubled souls. Um, but, but it's, it's, I mean, it's interesting when your first thing you've, you've done is, is out there for people to read. I can, yeah. 
so I, like that was that the only published comic you did before uh the opportunity at marvel came about well i did um i've done a few web comics uh and i did i've done some things in norway that uh i'm luckily it's not around <laughs> happy that's not there uh, i also got i wrote a thing for for dc at some point that never was it never got published it was oh. like editor quit the entire thing died it was a tiny bit heartbreaking i will admit are, are, um, are you allowed to talk about like what it was no, I can't imagine that I am. I don't think anyone gives a shit, uh, but I'm not going to do it just just in case. I got the thing, which was nice. So I had like my, my first published, no, not published, but first paid comic work that wasn't creator owned. It wasn't some kind of project that I put into into the world. Uh, that was DC, but it never, it was never made. Kind of dead on arrival. Uh, but all the hard work that went into like I'm assuming you wrote at least something for it oh yeah I wrote then... I wrote the entire thing oh so wow it was, yeah uh, it's obviously it's quite heartbreaking but uh, it is very much like the thing with comics that you have to expect things to to change and um, and and it's always like I didn't know what to expect when I started writing for for Marvel um, and I don't find the creative process that different, except that you have more people involved and you have to kind of tweak some things to make sure it works for the continuity and everything. Yeah. Um, what did surprise me a little bit was just um, just how, and it still surprises me whenever I have a book out, just how, like how many people read it on the first day and then tell you things about it and how they feel. And, and, and it is, extremely fun and something that I don't think about when I write it or at least I try not to think about it yeah uh, and then somebody's there and if it's like you, you're kind of you're there with the people discovering it for the first time um again after working on it for for months right really like you you've had time to really get to know the story and then people are just like here's what I think after reading it like in 15 minutes or 20 minutes like it's you, you get that that instant that instant kind of feedback but you're like i've been sitting in this forever yeah and it's always it's, it's fun when people have expectations of what they think it's going to be and and if it's not then like i we i had that with uh jane foster and the mighty thor that it was just out uh yeah. the second one is out this week um and when when that was the, the first one came out I think people expected us to just go back and make her Mighty Thor again. Yeah. Uh, and I got a lot of people before the book, when it was just announced, people going like, oh, it's just because of the movie. They just want to make money. Uh, and I've always find it interesting when you have, like, do you think Disney wants to make money? Are you, is this news for you? <laughs> uh, but, but like, we're not doing it for the money. If, if I wanted to work for the money, I would not be writing comics. Uh, and it, it, like to, to me, it is exceptionally important to me, this book. I, it's been a fucking light in the darkness over the past year. Um, and and I, I, find it, I find it hard not to say anything when people kind of dismiss it like a, a movie thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at the same time, when they started reading it and discovered that it wasn't, they were like, oh, it's not, who? And they got really excited. Like a lot of people got really excited that their 
bad expectation kind of were met somehow. And and it's so detached from my, the rest of the things that I'm supposed to do every day. It's just something that's happening. Yeah. And I don't know how to feel about it. It's just there, a sort of noise. And I, I absolutely love it when people tell me like their favorite panels and um, I, I love the feedback and I love the Jane fans. I, I say this in every interview just because it is such a, um, they are of the fandoms that I've had the, the pleasure of getting to know, like by far, like the nicest, most thoughtful, mindful people. Um, and they do love this character so much because I, I, I love that they love her. It's I, I want to I dig in way more on that it, that first issue because I, I believe the first issue is the one that is the only one that's come out by at the time that we're talking today um but maybe oh or well it's it's early here so i haven't read the second issue then uh so yep. uh, how did the opportunity to write jane even come about like i've heard this story but i never get tired of hearing it um because it involves so many of my favorite like people uh how how did how did that opportunity to write for Marvel, write Jane, come come to you? Well, I suppose I met Jason. I didn't know who Jason was. Uh, I was uh, I was going to dinner with John McRae, who's a good friend of mine. And he texted me and said, hey, uh, we're, we're in the tiki bar. Come over and have a drink. Uh, and because he's he's a bastard, he went, <laughs> hey. And I, and I didn't know who Jason was. And then I met Jen Grunwald, who is like the love of my life. She's she's one of the best people. Like, as in, she's brilliant. She was there with Jason. Uh, and and John being the bastard he was, he just went, hey, turn, tell the to- story you told me earlier. Uh, which is, it was me explaining something that I'd done that week that was extremely fucking embarrassing. So I told the story, which is extremely embarrassing. Okay. Five minutes or something, and then uh, and then I fucked off. And then on the way down, John was like, "You know, that was Jason Aaron, right?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jason obviously remembered, and luckily, he didn't uh, judge me too hard because of this. Yeah, and we met later in the evening, and it was great. Um, and he checked out some of my work, and I, I think it was kind of the combination of being a comic book writer and, and being from Norway and and like he, he found uh, he, he read something centered off the Wilmos and they needed someone to replace Al Ewing because Al obviously writes everything extremely yes, well yes, and, does. <laughs> and like he I think Al is probably one of like he's one of the best working writers we have right now you know hard to argue with it's just so good so kind of big shoes to fill um yeah. but it, it's it was will uh moss and, and sarah brunstad who were the editors um they were kind of like yeah sure dude let's try do whatever you want jason too was like oh just just see what you come up with if you need me i'm here i'll help you with anything but if you want to take the ball and run you can do that too um and it was just the best possible way to start writing for marvel but like i i I didn't i mean i felt terrified as you do because you want to you you want to make sure it's good um but i also knew that if if i really fucked it up then jason kind of swoop in and and fix it but I, i i don't think i fucked it up and i i i 
I don't think you did, uh, regardless of what anyone else thinks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm very curious about that transition because Jason had, for so many years, redefined Jane for the modern audience. Because before, like really before he got the, the ball and, and ran with it, she was very second rate. Like it was not, she was not really a, 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 a even thought of as like a, you know, a, a for a forefront character. She would show up here and there, but like, then she becomes Thor. She becomes the God of thunder, you know, the goddess of thunder. And, and then that transition happens with, you know, Al Ewing. I was like, I remember when they were like, Oh, Al Ewing and, and Jason or Aaron are going to write Valkyrie. I was like, well, that's awesome. Um, because, you know, I, I believe that was still, uh, it was either during or before, uh, Al Ewing was writing Immortal Hulk and like Immortal Hulk is this seminal hit, like instant modern classic. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then your, your name came up and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know you at the time. And so what was that? Like you talking about big shoes to fill that transition did Jason really just give you like carte blanche to be like, do what you want and I'll help? Because you're listed as co-creators, co-writers on there. Okay. And then I wouldn't take like the thing about Jason, he is um he he's one of the most like effortlessly creative people I've ever met. And there is such a joy in his way of looking at characters, and he's not um he doesn't feel weighed down with anything when you're talking story so i i went back to for, for the first story i did for marvel I, I went back to kind of my roots and, and found some uh, like i had this idea of kind of making the the, the earth sick and kind of mirror that with her yeah illness. uh and i tried to get into the, uh, the just all of these kind of Norse legends you, you have when like earthquakes are supposed to come from the, when uh, uh, the, I'm gonna retail all the Norse stories. I don't, I don't <laughs> care, uh, go for it. <laughs> it's just gonna be here forever. Uh, well, yeah, I, I came to Jason, I was like, hey, I want to do this and I want to do this and I think this could work. And, and we had like, we had three issues and, and there was a lot of story. Uh, but when it comes to like knowing I, I sometimes I, I'll text Jason and be like, "Hey, can I make up a planet?" And he'll be like, "Yeah, just do whatever you want." And so, so he he was uh, really helpful when I came with my kind of ideas to be like, "Oh, we can do this, and we can use tea would make sense, and then we can get this and this, and just kind of make it uh, make sense in a kind of Marvel way." Uh, and then I'd write the scripts and I send it over to Jason, and he would always. Like he is again, like effortlessly, just fucking great. I'm sure he would disagree about the effortless part, but he does seem very effortless when he like. I'll send him something and be like, "There's that joke that I I haven't been able to figure out." And and like four minutes later, here here it is. Your he solves the problem or he connects the dots. Yeah, and and it is interesting how he he um like uh one of the things that I had to get used to was like the talking while fighting, yeah, like, just just saying things while punching, uh and like the best moments, they're always the like the 
just will start coming running and going, I uh, should have had a bigger breakfast. That's Jason. I, I've been, I've learned from the best there. I'm trying to make sure that I add some of those things too. I, uh, and I think in the, in the first arc, uh, Hildegard goes, I'm the goddess of not giving a damn. That's Jason. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so I am the one going like the duration going like, oh, there's a certain kind of man and anger and blah, blah, blah. And then he'll be like there. I am the goddess of not giving a damn, which is. <laughs> I, so uh, listeners of this show know this, like Volstag is my, like my spirit animal. I love, I love Volstag so much. So seeing that, like I reread your first arc last night, just to kind of get in the, in the, in the mode and the vibe. And I was like, oh my gosh like yes this is this is volstag like i just i love it i love whenever he shows up because he was one of those characters through like jane's ca uh, cancer treatment like he would go to the chemo visits with her and they even like you guys even reference that in the first arc where there's that kind of that flashback panel where he's sitting next to her i was like this character means so much to me and i love that he actually gets the the chance to be a friend to someone other than just Thor, Fandral, and Hogan. Like he gets to, he gets to actually have a meaningful relationship with Jane. Um, and they just feel like buddies. And I, I love it. Yeah, I love Volstagg too. I, I put him in everything. Uh, and, and not to spoil anything, but I, I'm about to break your fucking heart. I'm just saying. No, <laughs> I don't want my heart broken. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, oh gosh, I, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna need some you're, you're time to process that one. Um, but I always thought I've, I, I've always thought like Vol, like Volstag is someone like I, there was a, I think it was um, way back when there was a like a four issue miniseries for the Warriors three, and I was like, I think it's uh, Willing Willingham wrote it, the guy that did Fables, uh, and I was like, you know what, I could just do with like a Volstag limited series. I could really, I could really do with that, um, but. Anyway, my my weird uh, fantasy casting aside, um, when when you get into this creative relationship with Jason and you've got artists and colorists and inkers and editors, like what is your process with like those artists? Do you, are you taking like feedback from them like directly or is it kind of like a team thing? How does that all work with that team? A lot of the times when we start with the outline, uh, we don't have an artist attached yet. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's usually like, I'll write something up an outline. Like I just sent one over yesterday where um, like I, I, I want this to happen. And then I add in kind of the things that I think we can change and still keep the, the tone and the structure of the story. So we can use this character or this character, but the story would be something along those lines. Okay. Uh, and then uh, at some point, uh, if I know who the artist is before I um, before I start scripting, I will adjust a lot to make sure that it fits, or at least try as as, as hard as I can. And and for for some of these, like um, like when we did Mighty Valkyries with Mattia, who is just he's just from another. I don't know. He's not human. I'm not sure what he is. <laughs> he's something. Um, and he, he requires so little to make something so grand. Oh, um, wow. That's awesome. And and just knowing, like, uh, if, if I could redo my developers, I would have asked for, like, another issue, issue just so we could have more splash pages. Um, but uh, For him to just work. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I just want more Matia art in the world. That's what I want uh, because he's so good. But I, I've been lucky to work with a lot of great artists and it's always interesting to see kind of the first layout to see what they respond to and um, how they will interpret things. And then I try to adjust after the uh, kind of the first working script and see if I can adjust to what I think they will enjoy. Yeah. Because it's always the better if the artist is committed and interested in doing the story. It, and are you like, are you in like, obviously not like, you know, um, texting every 10 minutes or something, but are you in like open dialogue with them? Like whether like, Hey, I want to, if you're like, I want to do this, like what, what would make this kind of make the most sense? Or do you wait to like full, full scripts are sent over and then break it down? Usually I go full scripts to send it over to the editors who go through first before it's sent to the artist. Okay. But it's mostly because uh, there is like a huge time crunch always. Yeah. Uh, and we need to make sure that like they're not supposed, they have enough to do with the, the script already. They're not going to, I don't want to bother them with this new thing until they're supposed to be there so okay. we work out the scripts with the editors first and then send it over and then we get layouts and then we kind of take it from there um but i try to when i do creator own stuff it's, it's a little different because you want to you want to talk to the artists and see how much like if they a lot of the things that i write into the scripts like i can go as detailed as they want uh i write quite full full scripts like i i'll i'll go in and describe a lot of things but i okay. don't need to like i like I, I try to be like i i can either be extremely descriptive and, and have a lot of references or i can just be like hey there are people in this room but i don't care about who the people are just <laughs> whatever you want but if you want me to be like there's a as a middle-aged woman with blah blah blah, i can do that too but yeah i don't have to uh so just try to to figure out like where we're what they enjoy um and i always try to make sure they know that like if they want to add panels or remove panels or please go ahead because it's, it's always whatever they come up with is always better than whatever i have on my little thumbnail sketch anyway. i love i love that that's like that's something that jason said when we spoke about you know working with uh, assad and russell and and mike del mundo like it was like yeah i can think of something cool but they will draw something 10 times cooler and uh it's just a great a great a great kind of confidence to have it's like oh no this is going to look awesome I just yeah. know it. Like with, with Michael now, I, I keep writing in things into the script that I don't know how to deal with. Like I, I wanted one of the things that this is a mild spoilers for the first Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor, but um, like one of the, the, the early introductions to her is her looking out of a, out on the sea of people trying to see a person without a soul because she yes. would be tell because they would not have a faith. And um so I wanted like a human bomb, that and an expanding human bomb. And okay. I was yeah. right this, and I was like, "Can I? I just leave it at that." And then it's Michael's problem. And then he he did it so well. <laughs> yes. Keep doing it, and like horses flying backwards, and and there's no reference for the 
the, the horse flying backwards, but you'll figure it out. And he, he always, like, it always, he makes it seem like that's the thing you see every day, like the backwards flying yeah, horse, or, or the, like the, one of the things that we have is like the, the dark elves bombs or like implosions that make tiny black holes that swallow up pieces of Asgard. Like, yeah. can you just draw that, please? It's just, <laughs> shouldn't be that hard. So you just referenced a character that I really, really wanted to talk to you about uh, is Mr. Horse. <laughs> I like, because like what's great about like Jane as Valkyrie is like, she's got her own little like supporting cast. Like there's the all weapon. There's the, there's Mr. Horse. There's, you know, the other, the other Valkyries, like Mr. Horse, how do you write dialogue for a horse? Cause his dialogue is different. It's, it's different. I mean, he, he speaks in a Yorkshire accent. um which is and it's quite specific so if we talk to a yorkshireman they will be able to tell you like if this is okay or not okay Uh, and and i know i know a little i know a lot more now al ewing god fucking bless him made uh how to horse the document how to horse that exists in the world in the world and it's like it's it's always open or printed out somewhere he's kind of easy introduction to yorkshire like always always say this and 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 it includes like a a tiny bit of like like mr horse would he doesn't address people by name there's those like just lad or lass uh, unless it's Valkyrie, who will be addressed as Valkyrie. Yes. Uh, so if Mr. Horse like addresses you by name, then you're then you're doing well. Like you you should feel proud of yourself. <laughs> uh, but but it's it is interesting because he has such a, a specific personality um, and is so easy to love and is such a great character and it's so hard to write because it needs to be like correct Yorkshire and I do have. <laughs> Like, because at some point I just fell into like a Yorkshire hole and I found a lot of phrases that are like, you would not be able to understand what they mean. Um, uh, and, and I'm trying to kind of, I've gotten a few in there and then you might need to change it because it might just get too strange. Uh, so sometimes we'll have to do like, it's almost Yorkshire, but it's understandable. Um, yes. So what I said, I write the thing that I want to write, and then I try to research and figure out how you would say it in Yorkshire. What, what it would actually sound like. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll check with my Yorkshire friends and be like, "Hey, does this check out?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." I, I, like for some reason the only comparison i can make it to is like one time i tried to i tried to write a yoda fan fiction and i was like oh this is so i don't know if i enjoy this like i would just want to write the damn thing <laughs> so, but you got to do it his speech pattern is very specific and like mr horse is like very specific um and that's what i love about him so much like and he's got he's got a little sass to him uh Absolutely. he doesn't like he doesn't like uh poshy ponies um, from that Oscar, no, he does not like the push ponies, and he does not like like there. There's a union involved. There are bylaws. There are need to have like the proper conditions for a working horse because he is, after all, a working horse. Oh, he's great. I love Mr. Horse. It's, it's a lot of fun. Anytime uh, that he and Thori can get together, uh, like I just Thori is one of my absolute favorites. Um, 
So when, when you put them together, like I just, it makes me happy and I, I just enjoy it so much. Um, so speaking of another, like another character, again, said like Jason redefined Jane. Um, and after the events of, you know, War of the Realms and the death of the mighty Thor and King Thor, and when Jason was phasing out of that, and, you know, you've already described like kind of your guys' creative relationship. How did you, how did you kind of like, want to make your Jane different um, or evolve the character? Well, I, I suppose it is always like I have my understanding of Jane and I try to just figure out how, because she's been through more than most at this point. And, and given that, unlike before, she's now kind of standing in between uh, the, the, the living world and the, the world of the dead. Uh, so she sees life a little differently. Yeah. I think Jane is 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 kind of more more forgiving and more um, like like more of the things that she always was. Just she can see the entirety of life all the time and 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 how people become who they are um, and in that kind of staying within in between she still needs to figure out how to make her life and the little tiny things matter as well um and i think that is the interesting thing when you have like the godliness of the gods and her as a god um it is different from someone who is dealing with the very the, the arguably insignificant things like the the death of a mortal yeah. Uh, that will happen all the time, but it, it's still important. And I think there is something to the thing that, like, like if someone dies, it needs to matter because if that doesn't matter, then why would my life matter? Hmm. There is a sort of uh, a thing that she needs to to deal with all the time, and that affects her differently than the, the power she's she's got when she's and have, have the hammer and, and she's able to kind of uh, exude a lot of physical powers. Um, this is, it's different, but it, I, it's, a, it's a difficult thing because I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think of it like, what are my goals with the character? Okay. I just kind of think what is consistent, what would I think if if I'd been gone through what she had gone through, what what would be the biggest challenges in in going forward? I know. And and like I think because Jane has you know really in the last few years she's existed in limited series, kind of like the the tie in to King in Black, which I loved the King in Black event. I thought it was awesome. I was totally invested in Donny Cates's Venom. Uh, and then I was like, oh, there's going to be a Valkyrie story tie-in. That's fantastic. And it, like, it makes sense, like, especially when you, you tie in, you know, Sentry to that and how he goes out in the first uh, issue of King and Black, which is, um, uh, I'll say it's, uh, it's visceral. Um, but like, I, I loved that there was a tie-in for that that brought Jane in. And then you did the Mighty Valkyries, which just ended uh, like late last year, I believe. Sure. trying to get my timeline correct um, I, don't trust me. I don't know what fucking day it is right you don't know what day it is <laughs> but the um then this news comes out that you're gonna write 
Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. And when that news broke, like I was so excited. Like when I saw the Ryan Stegman cover and I saw your name attached, I was like, well, first, first thought I had was it's about damn time. Uh, That was the first honest thought. And then I was just like, okay, what does this mean? And I don't even think I put together that it was going to come out around the movie. I was just like, okay, Jane's going to have the hammer again. And like, cause all I had was a cover image to go off of. Um, when you got into like developing that story, um, I mean, how did that, how did that kind of come to you? Because you said like, it wasn't supposed to be like this, you know, Oh, we're doing this for the movie uh, because we got to do the movie. What, but what was like, what was your uh, initiation to getting to write Jane as Thor having written so many Jane as Valkyrie stories? Well, I, I just think of them as kind of Jane stories. Yeah. Uh, and the story that we see now is, uh, um, I, I think I had it before it, it was ever, we ever talked about kind of doing uh, the movie, like something um, that would kind of coincide with the movie in any way. Uh, so, so it exists, like in my mind, it exists like in a very different space. Yeah. Um, and and I just have this kind of idea of um, of the hammer crashing through the window, um, and and making kind of a story of war in Asgard, um, which which it's. Uh, I mean, with the, the war that we're kind of currently living through, uh, not sure how much you feel it, but we feel it quite a bit that we have we have a, a war in Europe. I have no doubt you feel it very, very more personal than I do. Well, I mean, it's, it's strange. I, I've told this story a lot of times. We had like a, uh, we had the most absurd kind of peak 2022 moment uh, a few, a couple of weeks, a few months ago. I don't know. You know, some time ago, uh, <laughs> kids came back from school with like permission slips to like the school needs permission to give the kids iodine in case of a nuclear disaster. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, and and they're like, hey, and and the, the fun things about kids in 2022, they're like they've been through so much already. They're just like, oh, okay, okay, so that's the I, next thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then immediately, of course, like the, the, the Facebook groups for the parents are full of like, oh, so where's the research? My son is lactose intolerant. How like, and, and I feel like this is, this is, this is peak, whatever this time is, it, this is it. This is how we're going to fucking die. Uh, so, so, I mean, it's, I wanted to write a story about war uh, and Jane. Uh, and then it's kind of it developed into what it is now, and you can kind of tell, especially I think issue three. I think you can tell that I wrote that. I finished that just as a war. I was at the cabin. Uh, the the nuclear plant in Ukraine was burning, and they that was the night where we're kind of like, oh, I, I sure hope they're gonna let uh, let the, the the firemen in to to you know get rid of the fire that was and i think you can almost tell because it's um it's, it's quite dark but um yeah uh it's 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 been an interesting book and it feels very personal in many ways and i think it's a it's a great continuation of jane's story 
Um, and we get to see, we get a, a major Bruna revelation at some point, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, and it's, it feels like a, a very much like a me story as I hope people will, will enjoy. Yeah. Well, I even, I even noticed that like reading the first issue, I was like, okay, this is what Thorin Grunbeck's Thor, like a, a continuation of Jane, like you said, but like, this is what her, uh, writing like in all of Asgard Thor kind of like pr proper story. I was like that this, like this needs to happen much more and obviously we get more issues to do it um but like uh i just i wanted to thank you for one thing in the first issue you put ulick in the first issue and that brought me so much joy uh because i like thor or uh, volstag is like my good guy and ulick is my uh, he's oh he's he's such a clumsy uh kind of like big big dumb like brute and I, I just i love that you put him in there so thank you very much for for doing that okay when i have before the heartbreak i have something for you that's going to make you happy and, okay. then, <laughs> and then i'll break your heart later so it's, it's i don't i don't know what to do with all these feelings i have oh, no, right I, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying these things but uh here we are i'm, I'm really excited to see what people are gonna i i've kind of pulled a bunch of bunch of uh characters that i really enjoy yeah that will have a reason to be there that will at some point become apparent uh but the interesting thing about all of these kind of characters is what you just said when people are like oh i fucking love Ulick. like oh didn't or like I, i've come across the now the enchantress fandom who are yes yes uh and extremely uh they they really want to make sure that we handle enchantress with care and i have a lot of love for enchantress so i do but i i just uh, i'm sure that i would be sending like the writer of enchantress whatever 10 messages an hour but i, but I like her it's gonna be, I, so, I hope. so when people reach out to you you're like no i get it like no, i do get it but it's, it's always fun to see like oh uh, like when when sentry when donnie killed sentry the the sentry fandom kind of turned to us to be like you can bring him back right you bring him back right? bring him back please yeah. uh, uh, soul away that's what we're gonna do <laughs> the uh i mean the the so would you say that most of the the reception from the first issue like uh, people actually like having read the stories they're not just looking at preview images anymore like have you how has the reception been for for you mostly positive um almost exclusively positive. awesome uh i think we got one like really bad review among a bunch of really great ones but i don't read the reviews but i just i look at the at the, like just the ratings just to see kind of what, how we're doing yeah. what i really enjoy is when when something that i like i have like little morsels of things that i really really love in a story when people pick up on those oh that is kind of the thing that makes me go in this world so i, I got there was a lot of people who picked up on my favorite things so i kind of felt like it is, it's been it's been a great time and i hope that people will enjoy the rest as well what were some of your favorite things from the first issue then? Oh God. Um, it, it's, it's like from the stupid things, uh, uh, like the, like Mr. Horse coming in, uh, coming in and getting Runa and being like, that's Mr. Horse to you, lass. 
there's been a lot of people who just just sent me that pal and be like hey i love this and then i i like that because it's it's such a strange this scene with runa kind of slightly flirting um and trying to get back into life somehow but it's a quite quiet scene yeah. so i'm happy to see that people seem to respond to it in the way that i hope they would in the way that i responded to it um uh, and I like that people uh, enjoyed the scene in the park with Annalie, who who is the one who dies, but she was supposed to die. Um, and the the thing, um, she she lost a, a lung uh, to tuberculosis as a kid. Yeah, uh, her heart is growing, and she always uh, knew that it would kill her. That is kind of the thing. I, I know Annalie. She's not called Annalie, but she's a, she's a a person in my life who is walking around and she knows at some point that she will die because her heart is growing. Wow. Uh, and and the, the thing about like, we're already saying like, like if, if that is the way she dies, uh, we all know that it is because her heart is too big where she is the, she's a fantastic person. She's one of those people that like she, it is impossible to be in a room with her for an hour without walking out feeling better about yourself and the world. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful that like it's like you literally like this fictional uh fantastical world you're like i'm gonna put like real people that mean things to me in these stories um i i just love that um i, I did that in, in mighty valkyries there's a there's a an old patient who uh who um who Jane goes and talks to and exchanges like coffee for for stories, and she tells the story yeah. of being a nurse during the war, and um, she the Germans want needed uh, a nurse to come and work on the base, uh, so they tried to to kind of go to the local hospital and get some of the nurses there. So she pretended that she was a patient. She got into bed uh, and she uh, pretended to be sick for a year. And that was mm -hmm. my grandmother. She does. She did that. She she stayed for a year in the hospital, just pretending to be sick and working during the day. And every time the Germans came by, she'd be like, "No, I'm sick. I'm sick." Oh wow! So I love I love it when people because it is a sort of these are stories that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then I hope that people will, will respond to them. And when they do, it just is always fun. So. The obviously this is kind of like the the, the the elephant in the thor room right now love and thunder is at the time of people are listening to this it's days away or they've just watched it um and you like there so there's certain people like that i read and i'm like oh they're they're the blank person or they write that story like i'm I you're you're the Jane Foster writer. Like I Cy Spurrier is currently the, the Black Knight guy. So like every anytime something he does comes across my 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 pull list, I'm just like, oh yes, I get to I get to read more Cy Spurrier draw, uh, doing Black Knight. I'm the same way with you with Jane. And I I think I just have to know like you're going into this movie as a as a viewer. Oh, yeah. what are you expecting out of this movie? Like, what are you excited about for, for, for this movie? Well, I, I try not to have too many expectations before going into anything, but I did love Thor Ragnarok. I thought, I, I think Taika is, it, like, he's so clever and he's so joyful. 
Um, and I do trust him very much to handle these characters with the care that I hope, hope he's going to like it because I, I think he respects the characters a lot. Um, I can't wait to see Valkyrie as like the, the Runa Valkyrie uh, or Tessa Thompson just being badass. Yes. I think we're going to get a lot of that. And I'm excited to see Jane. I, I, I'm interested to see what they're going to pull from the, the continuity. I know that going by the, the, because I get a lot of messages and people telling me how much Jane meant for them. And a lot of the time it's, Either they've been sick or they've had people in their lives who've, who've suffered something and they've had to be kind of on the sidelines for it. Um, and I'm, it'll be interesting to see if they if they deal with um, her illness in the movie or if they're just kind of go, oh, well. Um, because I, I think that was some of the, I, that was probably the thing that made the the comic work so well that it is a story of um, someone suffering from cancer that is done with such such heart and understanding like you would expect from Jason yeah um, yeah so I'll, I'll, I'm interesting to interested to see that but I do expect it to be a, like a fucking fun that's oh yeah like I'm looking forward to just it being a great time there's just so much I, I i i look at that cast and i just like outside of of course christian bale who's going to be you know a, a a dirty rotten bastard in this one um but like it's just such a charming cast like it's it's really hard to to dislike a lot of these characters and then uh and then there, there's korg like everyone loves korg um because <laughs> taika's just got that character down um but um as we kind of like get towards the end here I, I was when we talked to jason uh we we tried this new idea towards the end of our conversation called the the thunder round yeah. uh and there's a, a few random questions that he, he, he named he named it. i wanted to call it the lightning round he's like wouldn't it make more sense to be the thunder round i'm like that's why i need editing fantastic yeah. um but just three like quick questions uh that i'm just i'm curious to know from creators uh, and then we can tell people like what you got coming up and how they can reach out to you. Um, first question, if you could write one DC book or character, what, who would, who would it be or what would the book be? God, well, I think, I think this is like the most common answer. Like I would love to do like Batman, but detective, like a detective kind of Batman book. Okay. Uh, that would be a lot of fun, just back to basics, him solving like a proper mystery. Uh, I think I think I I do that well. It's like 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 almost like a like a Sherlock Holmes Batman story. Well, yeah, a lot of clues and a lot of like more uh, still punching, but just everything making sense and everything being slightly creepy. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a, a a true detective comics uh, approach. Yeah. Um, okay, if you could have dinner with one current or past creator, who would it be? Huh, that's that's interesting. The horrible thing is that I have dinner with my favorite creators quite a lot. So so maybe like a, a one from the past. Uh, maybe like Al Moore. Okay, uh, I'm in. 
the thing is, I'm not really, I very rarely get starstruck in any way. And in my experience, a lot of my favorite like artists and my the people who have made my favorite things tends to be a bit of an like assholey. Uh, oh, okay. So I very rarely do like the, the like fangirl anything, um, but I don't see Al Moore being anything but fucking delightful. <laughs> like, I, I I can't imagine. I'll, I'll I'll like get buy some food, get him to explain the entire because he, he had like he knows what would happen with Halo Jones. Uh, he, he's got the entire thing thought out. Maybe make him tell me that. I don't know. Oh, but be- I feel like Alan Moore is a really really good choice. Like that. I mean, he's a a, a living legend. Uh, Very much so. Th- also, the last last one. What is on? Thorn Groombeck's pull list. Well, the thing is, we don't well, we don't have those oh, in the okay. same way as you do. Uh, so so, what are you what are you reading right now then? Uh, well, I, I'm reading a bunch of Marvel things. Some because they're fucking brilliant. Uh, like I, I'm trying to get as much of the X Men stuff as I can because there's so many clever things happening there. Uh, I read Thor, and I but I a lot of them I just I just read because I can and I can get them over try to always awesome. anything that kelly thompson writes because she's so she's good. amazing yeah um but but the, the pool is like a lot of the image stuff that i okay. love like I, but we don't like i can technically if i go to the another city there's one store that will let me like have a subscription but it is like they, I don't think they really want to do it because it, it's not part of their like we we deal in trades in Norway. We don't have like the we don't have New Comic Book Day in the same way. So oh. that's my you know we, we don't. This is frustrating. So I never get the comics like next or by the time this is out, the, the thing will already be out. But next oh. week when we're recording, my new Punisher book is coming out and I yes. can't wait to get my hands on it. But I will have to wait or I will have to do the awkward thing that I always do when I'm traveling where I go to other comic book stores and be like, hey, do you have the thing? I know I'm the person and, it's, and, I, and I can't help myself but tell them like I wrote this. <laughs> and do they always and, believe you or are they like, yeah, okay, lady? No, no, they always believe me, but then they're kind of like, and? And I'm like, no, I just, I just wanted you to know. Like, I, I did, I, I, when I went, I was in, in, in the States a, a few weeks ago when I, I went to get my Captain Marvel annual. Yes. And I wanted a specific variant cover. Uh, so I went and asked and they were like, no, we don't, we don't have it. We don't have it. And I, maybe they have it in the back. So I asked the guy, like, do you have, do you have that variant? um he's like no no we don't we don't have it um and i was like oh oh i'm i just wanted because i i wrote it <laughs> and then the guy he looks at me like and i, I can kind of feel myself be like why why do i it's so awkward and stupid but i just so proud uh right? and, he, and then he pulled out his own pull list and he gave me the variant because he he got it he's uh, like oh if you wrote it you can have mine and it was the nicest thing ever. So now That's I'm never awesome. gonna telling people that I write things. I'm never going to not be the awkward idiot being like, hello. <laughs> like, look at it this way. If I wrote 
one issue of anything for Marvel, I would tell everybody about it. Like, so you're like, yeah, I just like want this one thing. Like, can I just have this one thing? Uh, so you mentioned you've got Punisher War Journal uh, coming out. Um, I'm I'm curious, what are the other kind of what are the other titles or projects that you can talk about right now that you have coming up that listeners can go check out? Well, I don't think I have anything but Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor and Punisher that's announced yet. Okay. I'd very much like you to pick up those things, though. Uh, we have a lot of fun things coming up in, in Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. And Punisher is, um, like, I, I know it's not like in vogue to say that Punisher is your favorite character uh, because he's obviously not a great character. Uh, but I love a lot of the Punisher stories and I've had a a tremendous amount of fun writing. I have three Punisher stories. The first one is out in June, and then I think it's three months in between them. Um, okay. So, so I'll have like a, a Punisher coming out over the next like nine months, which I'm I, I enjoy. So is that running in like in in concert with Jason's uh, run on Punisher as well, or are they separate things? Well, the thing is, <clears throat> this is like Punisher War Journal. So, so there will be pauses in Jason's run. Will we get a, a, a Punisher War Journal? But they're separate stories. Oh, but okay. I'm using Jason's Punisher, but I can do whatever I want. Uh, so we, we have three extremely different stories coming up, um, and I'm sort of equally excited about all of them. And there are three different artists, and they're 30 pages, so it feels like a like a proper book yeah it's a, um, it's a good substantive read yes. uh so one one thing before we get we get out of here that i wanted you to to tell listeners was that awesome start to a story uh we were talking about beforehand about your daughter and uh the her interaction with the boys at school um well the thing is like my, my kids they think i'm horribly awkward which i mean they have they have receipts, like I am. I am, like I'm a fucking, every time I leave the house, I come home having done something uh, extremely embarrassing. So they're, they're not proud of me in any shape or form. And I remember when I first did the, the DC thing, uh, and it was like a Batman story, I was like, hey, mommy's writing Batman, what do you think? Like, oh, just let me know when Marvel calls. And then Marvel called, and I was like, hey, mommy's writing Marvel. I'm like, oh. Just, just stop it. But we get it. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes, like uh, they, they'll be, there'll be like seconds of when other people think I'm cool, they'll be like, "Hey, maybe, maybe she's not. Maybe she's cool." So right now they're, they're having like an argument at school. Like she's ten, and and they don't think that like a Norwegian could write for Marvel. Uh, so she she there's like an event happening later today and the reason she wants me to come is just to set the boys right and be like hey i write marvel <laughs> and, That's and, the best. And, and for me it's just like oh my god for a moment i'm 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 someone to my daughter again because at this point they've kind of just been like okay you're lame you're horrible we need you to buy things and sometimes to to give us hugs when we're sad but that's kind of the extent of what i contribute at this point so to them like you're you're like you're writing comics like a lot of the world thinks that's like the coolest thing and they're like it's just what she does like it's, it's no big a, deal 
so fucking tiring. And I, I remember when I, I, I got the Punisher thing because I was so excited. I ran upstairs to, to tell my husband and then I woke Maya up. She's the 14 year old. Okay. She, she can't stop talking. Like She's like, it's embarrassing that you're excited. Couldn't you just... Could you just be normal? Could you just hate life like the rest of us? I'm like, yeah, I do. Don't worry. I also hate life. It's just also, I'm writing Punisher. There's gonna be a lot of hate. <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm killing a lot of people. And then you're like, you like go into like, well, yeah, like a while ago, like Garth Ennis wrote Punisher, and I'm like, I love Garth Ennis, and she's like, Mom, no one cares. <laughs> no one. Cares. I, no. I, do, I I had a thing like in the Punisher, the first Punisher book, I had to. Uh, remove the word hard on because I've written Frank making a joke about someone and saying something like imagine the hard on uh, and I, I spent like a day trying to figure out how to say hard on without saying hard on but all of them would kind of fall into the same thing yeah uh, and I texted Garth I'm like hey what do you think and he texted me back something that was like I couldn't say, like I I cursed a lot but i could not repeat it because it's so fucking bad uh so no help of course uh and, and at some point i tried to explain my my problems like at the dinner table and be like hey this has been my my day today this is my to day garth is no help this is what he said and my and my, my 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 14 year old she's just like oh nobody gives a shit mom like nobody gives a shit and then at sometimes i'm like yeah but there are there are some people who who will enjoy it if i told them that needs to be the pull the pull the pull audio clip from this like mom no one gives a shit <laughs> no one stop it so uh thorin this has been just like the the most fun uh morning i'm sitting here drinking a delicious cup of coffee out of out of my jane foster mug just to be oh, appropriate very good, very good and um i thank you for just spending this time like i'm sure the listeners will just absolutely love this chat and they'll go check out your books that you've got coming out soon and you know the the punisher stuff and the jane stuff but how can they reach out to you how, how do you interact with fans well uh, twitter is is always great you can you can if you want to tell me something you can send me an email i think my my email is uh on my my website if you want to see a bunch of mooses and, and lynxes and, and stuff from the forest you can follow me on instagram and your uh, paintings and if you want to, yeah and my paintings are there and and i also do like tiktok awkwardly tiktok uh but that's mostly just my paintings because i don't know what the fuck i would like i'm not dancing <laughs> I'm, there will be no dancing videos if I start dancing on tiktok someone needs to come here and shoot me in the head that's <laughs> like the cabin the cabin has taken her <laughs> yes then that i will have lost my mind uh but it, it is it's a fun like I, I enjoy um the the paintings i at some point i decided that i i wouldn't make the paintings into work beyond the fact that after i made it it's it usually sells but yeah. i'm not going to make something to to sell it I'm, I'm just painting it for me but it's always fun to kind of bring people along on the journey and if they like it it's fun so that's tiktok well uh yeah so go check out all of thorn's stuff um yeah, the instagram is is awesome and you post so many uh so many delightful little like 
paradise cabin retreat pictures which uh, again it's been confirmed like that's one of my favorite things uh so uh yeah thorn thank you so much for joining us today and uh i'm excited to read the rest of jane foster and the mighty uh thor uh and uh yeah this is this has been awesome thank you so much it has been awesome thank you so much for having me it's, it's been a blast Everybody, that is our chat with Thorne Grunbeck. And I, I was right, right? You you thought that was awesome, right? It was so fantastic. Thorne and I actually kept talking after we were done. We chatted for a little bit more about Jason Aaron and how we felt about the end of Jason Aaron's run on Thor. It was just kind of a fun one-on-one uh, -on -one chat with two people that love the same thing. We love Thor comics. And uh, there's just so much that I wanted to ask her that we just didn't even have time for. But uh, be sure to go check out her latest Jane Foster story, Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor coming out again with Marvel Comics uh, through really most of the, the rest of the year. I believe it's a five or six issue limited series. And there's just so much from her uh, that, you know, really you should be looking forward to her thor stuff she's also writing some punisher stuff like um like we mentioned in the conversation so go check out all of her stuff go follow her on social media she's a fantastic follow if you want to see more of those videos and those pictures from that uh, that cabin paradise getaway we talked about that is how you get those pictures and those videos by going and following her on social media you can also go follow us on social media at mighty thor podcast you can also become a member of our Patreon exclusive group, The Thor Core, where we release episodes weeks in advance. If, if we have them recorded, we give them to you right away. You don't have to wait. Once they're recorded, they are there for you to listen to. And there's one currently right now, we have a Patreon exclusive show called Ulix Unstoppable Show. So if you maybe last week on the podcast when Russell and Faz were talking about what if Ulick shows up in Love and Thunder. I mean, you, 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 if you listened to it, you heard my reaction. I was over the moon. What if? What if Ulick shows up in Love and Thunder? What if I lose my mind? What if that's the cameo? What? I can't even tell you how bonkers excited I would be if that was what happened in Love and Thunder. And if you need to know more about Ulick, if you just want to have some, some extra audio goodness to get you through your week, Go become a member of the Thor Corps. Join me as I go through Ulix comics. You know, I love Ulix. Ulix, my guy. He's my favorite troll of like any fandom. Any fandom, like even like more than like the trolls, like the singing trolls. I like Ulix more than those trolls. I'm actually looking at my Ulix action figure right now. And he says you should definitely go and become a member of the Thor Corps and check out his exclusive show, Ulix Unstoppable Show. So, that is all of our plugs and awesome stuff we have for you out of the way. Go join the Thor Corps. Go follow Thor and Groom back on social media. Go read some of her books. I will let you know, since it is Love and Thunder Week, we have a lot of awesome stuff happening on our show, but also on other shows. We're going to be on Source Pages this week. We're going to be on Apollo City Comics this week. We were on Homebrewed Christianity with our friend Will Rose last week. We've also got some bonus episodes coming out this week with some friends of the podcast. So be sure to pay attention to our social media at Mighty Thor Podcast. Be sure to pay attention to your podcast feed, and we will have you ready to go. 
when Love and Thunder gets here and you're in that theater and you're ready to see Thor sling that hammer one more time. You're ready for the thunder. You're ready for the love. You're ready for the lightning. It is going to be so good. We'll have you ready. Until we see you next time, though, aboard the Rainbow Bridge. I remind you, fan of the next Thor movie, fans of Love and Thunder, fans of Across the Bifrost, friends, listeners, stay worthy.